This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome again to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And listeners, we got a question that... um, I'm wondering how Michael and I are going to land on this. I disagree with you. You disagree already. Uh, that's good. That we'll we'll have a we'll have a lively conversation. Yep. Whatever you say. I Whatever I say, you're going to disagree. Going to disagree. So here's the question: Can a non-Christian experience the peace of God, the peace that surpasses understanding? So the verse I think they're referring to is Philippians four seven, and it says, "The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts." and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then one verse before that addresses, oh, yeah. don't be anxious about anything. There you go. That's but right. And everything come to God in prayer, et cetera. And yep. as a result of your prayer life, mm-hmm. rather than anxiety, it's going to be substituted with peace. And yes. it's not just going to be a simple emotional peace. It's something that is sort of just supernatural. Like the world should be able to look at you in these moments of anxiety and say, how are you okay? It's supposed to be something that is irrational because it surpasses understanding. And so this isn't like, oh no, I'm like a little nervous about my test. You need the peace that surpasses Mm -hmm. all understanding. No, this is about big anxieties. Now, don't get me wrong. The principle of scripture is to cast all of your anxieties. But there is something about the peace that surpasses all understanding that there is an external person observing Yes. This exchange for anxiety for supernatural peace. The question is, can a non-Christian have supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding? And the answer to that would be no. Oh, we do agree. I know. Oh, I my goodness. Agree. I was just playing with it. Oh, okay. Right. All right. We do agree. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about yeah. virtues and spectrums. Yes. So can a non-Christian have self-control? And Absolutely. The is, of course yes, they, they can. can. So then, okay, can a non-Christian have love? Well, of course they yes. can. Well, then why is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, patience, self-control, et cetera? Good. You did a great job with Did that. I get them all? I think I missed one. Well, you missed a few, but yeah, you but were you were going on a good roll. Always. Ever since I was in like middle school, could never, uh, there's like two of them in the middle <laughs> I could never get. My daughter was like, hey, dad, say the fruit of the Spirit. And so I did it. And she's like, no, you missed, missed two. No. Every time. Okay. Here's the idea. Self-control. Let's just pick on this one. Anybody can exercise self-control. Anybody. Sure. If the cost is great enough, you will have Mm self-control. That's just flat out it. So when I'm preaching, I can't in good conscience say, unless you trust in Christ, you can't have self-control. That's actually not true at all. No, it's not true. But there is something supernatural about the self-control that the Spirit gives you. Sure. The Spirit gives you the power to control sin and not have sin control you. Yes. There's something categorically different. I think what's a challenge is that most Christians have never, ever, ever tapped into the supernatural aspect of self-control. Yeah, what the Holy Spirit can actually do. They're still living in the behavior modification self-control, which is a, it's good. You got to master behavior modification self-control. Don't get me wrong. But the Holy Spirit does actually offer you something far superior than that. That is mysterious and beautiful, but also very Mm -hmm. known when you have it. Yeah. So the fruit of the spirit, like this is this peace, right? Love, joy, peace. It is. There's something unique and beautiful. That's right. About what the Holy Spirit gives you. Now, let me tell you an example of what this might be. You're on your deathbed and an atheist can die in peace. Yeah, for sure. That's possible. Yes. Uh, they have dealt with their worldview and death and 
They have basically quenched all of the, we'll say natural emotions around it. Sure. In a state of just homeostasis emotionally. Mm -hmm. Good. The Christian sense of peace is different. The Christian sense of peace is not relief from all emotions. No. The Christian sense of peace is certainty and excitement about where you're going. Right. But it's also almost always accompanied with sadness. Yeah. Because of what you're leaving behind temporarily. Yeah. The Christian perspective of peace at death has all of this permission for emotion, but it has an overarching theme of certainty sure. towards where you're going. And somebody could say, how do you know? And I think mm -hmm. one of the graces that God gives to people near death is, is an unusual certainty of what's coming around the corner. Um, but even some people might struggle for that. They might be truly saved and struggle to have that peace in those last moments. Yes. And again, I don't know how all that works, but there's something categorically different, different. about what the Holy Spirit uh, Especially offers us. when we're, just, we're talking about this peace that surpasses understanding. Yep. It's illogical. It is illogical. And I think the first time I really experienced this, I was probably 19, 20 years old, and I was working at, of all places, Greyhound bus station. Mm. And let me tell you this story. So I was working at the the ticket counter at the Greyhound bus station. And we had a lady come to the counter and she came and she said, you know, what time does the bus to such and such location leave? And I knew as soon as she mentioned that location, that place, oh my, that bus left 30 minutes ago. She missed the connection somehow. And it's a one time a day bus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my, this lady is going to explode on me. <laughs> and I am just emotionally preparing myself for a barrage of insults. And she didn't respond that way at all. And she was like, well, I thought the bus was gonna leave at this such and such time. And I said, yes, ma'am, it actually did. And you missed it by 30 minutes. Mm. And I am so sorry, but that that is a one time a day route. And you know, if anybody knows about you know buses, Greyhound buses, they go to every little tinky town there is on, certain routes. Mm. But for the most part, they hit the major cities, just like the airlines hit the major cities. They don't hit every little Hoboke Junction town. Hoboke Junction. Oh, yeah. God, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this was sometimes a, you say things yes, like, but this was a little Hoboke Junction town that she was going to. I love Hoboke Junction And it was like, town. oh my. And yet, there was a countenance about her that I was a growing Christian at the time. And I really was starting to understand Christianity and growing and I was being discipled. And this was a visual illustration in this lady. This is what this verse is talking about. Mm. She had an inner peace and a confidence that it's going to be okay. She said, you know what? Is there a restaurant here? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, there is. And so we talked about that. And again, it was one of those, I want so bad to go mm. back to that day and sit down and have a conversation with that lady and say, how are you doing this? You know, are you a Christian? Is this something that is coming from a faith-based background, a, a, a position of trusting in Jesus? Or is there something else? Because I never experienced that in someone's life. That's what we're talking about, you know, in people's deathbeds as a Christian. All right, so absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The only thing that I regret is I'm leaving people behind not the things that I'm going towards. Mm. And I don't. I just don't know how a non-Christian can have that kind of peace and assurance and confidence without the Holy Spirit doing an amazing work in their life. I agree 100%. And I'm very grateful for the Holy Spirit. I know we're supposed to say that. 
Mm. But one of the ways that I bring myself back to a place of gratitude is I begin to imagine what might today look like had I not had the Holy Spirit. What discernment maybe would I have not had? What virtue has he cultivated in me that would not just be not cultivated, but would have been like going in a negative direction? Mm. Yeah. Who would I be married to? Because my wife wouldn't marry me. Yeah. You know, like what would my life? You know what I mean? I just yeah, right. So when you start thinking about like all the benefits of the Holy Spirit, and it's amazing. And today on the way to school, my kids uh, were processing: Can somebody lose their salvation? And mm. basically, we're saying to them: Once the Holy Spirit is in you, He can't ever right. leave you. And they were just kind of struck by, and you know, six, eight, and ten, you know, yeah. years old. So just kind of struck by like the permanence of the Holy Spirit. Like you can't get rid of them. And and they were actually uh, listening to the Q&A podcast on whether or not um, if God kicks Satan out of heaven, oh, then how come yeah, he yeah. doesn't kick us out of heaven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I cherry pick a podcast. We listen to it on the way to school and then try to, you know, teach these kids theology. I got to sure though, the ones that we say, like relational things between husbands and wives, yes, you know, that yes. we, <laughs> again, we I'm thinking right now, like, oh, what kids might be listening to this one? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got to avoid those ones. But every once in a while, though, I'll tell a story about one of my kids. Yeah. I, I have, like, I'm like, oh, turn it off because I don't want them to know that I tell stories about them. <laughs> oh, no, I figured you wouldn't want them to hear their own name. <laughs> no, no, no. Or, or no, at no. least an it depends whether or not it's an incriminating it, story yes, or yes, not. You know, yes. if I'm like, my daughter's the greatest in the whole world. She'd be like, oh, thanks, Dad. And which one are you talking about there? You have two? Uh, well, I'm, I would both. never say, both. I would never cherry pick a daughter and say yes, that about both. one of them. Yes, And your son is wonderful as well. He's incredible. They're all... Hey, do you know what's coming up? Rumor has it. We're like a couple days away from Christmas. And I'm Christmas. Like, I can't, I can't. Yeah, exactly. What did you ask for for Christmas from, from uh, your wife? Last night, what did she say she wanted for Christmas? Yeah, what she said is she wanted for Christmas. Um, I'm literally trying to remember. Yeah, I am too. No, that tells you that's, that's bad because I don't know. Yeah, I, I need to remember so I can yeah. make sure I can go out and get it. I, I think about half of our staff spouse. We were at a staff Christmas party last night, and about half of the spouses said their wedding rings were broken, and they were like, "That's all they wanted." They're like, one of them was like, "I just want to be married. I can't wear it." Who, oh, was, no. who was that? Yeah, that was not my wife. No, it's all zoning out. Wow. Yeah. What? Did, what? Renee was sitting right in front of me. Renee I was definitely not water. asking about another wedding ring because no. she's had multiple, and the one she has now is. <laughs> Very, very How nice. does it feel to be her uh, fifth husband? <laughs> <laughs> now, she did say I had like, I'm on my fifth wedding band. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'll, I'm going to open up right now. We make a Christmas list on a note and my wife and I, you know, on the iPhone. Oh, that's like great. Section or whatever. And then we share the Christmas list. So you're going to, you're going to get a kick out of my. Uh, now, my wife has actually done that with me. So I, I, I can go to a document. All right. Ready? Number one, boots. Oh. Number two, shoes. Number three, shoes. I think she's a shoe girl. No, this is me. Oh, that's you. <laughs> hey, but Dan, number five, soda stream. Number six, soda stream extra carbonation. Oh, my. Right? Number seven, exploding kittens, the game. Oh. Number eight, unstable unicorns. Don't know what it is, but I what think it's really that? exciting. And then the rest are underwear and speakers. So oh, that's okay. why. Yes. I'm not actually putting this on there so people buy them because I actually think internally in our family like we're somebody's pretty, gonna take care of that for we're you. pretty fun with christmas presents but i just i thought it was really funny because one two and three were all boots <laughs> yeah you are the shoe person i know that's the problem okay anyways well merry christmas merry christmas to you. yeah we'll have a special guest on our next one yeah oh he's gonna be good we're gonna do it yeah enough said of that all right hey tim we should come back next year yes and uh, we should do more of this and then we can talk about all the christmas presents we there we you go that would be fun all right So Merry Christmas all. Merry Christmas. And to all a good night.